He's involved in a number of businesses. He's a great role model. Telling it like it is. Giving you both sides of the story. This is Cats at Night. Great American, a great New Yorker. Now, here's John Katsimatidis. This is John Katsimatidis. This is Cats at Night, the number one show at 5 o'clock. And this is a TriCast Broadcasting out at WABC 770 Studios and WLIR in Long Island and uh, 970 AM, The Answer. And we're up and down the East Coast and uh, parts of Canada and uh, at sometimes uh, parts of Northern Europe. And in the studio with us, we've got two common sense guys, one common sense Democrat. We have Judge Richard Weinberg and one common sense Republican, Congressman Peter King. And uh, this show is listened to by everybody. Like I said, the number one show. Well, yeah, I I get my intelligence. And we got CIA people listening, FBI people listening, KGB is listening, and we have uh, Chinese intelligence. They're all listening. So if you want to find out what's going on in our country, in our world, you listen in too, and you'll you'll know at the same time they know. Mm-hmm. And uh, my number one sidekick, Lydia Serrani. How are you, Lydia? I was saying I'm your Lois Lane to the Superman now because I'm a journalist by trade, so I'm Lydia Lane. <laughs> anyway, we okay. got a great show for everybody tonight. <laughs> Tell us what we have. <laughs> we got, we're going to have Ty McCoy, Senator D'Amato, Dr. Former Mark Assistant Siegel. Secretary of the Air Force, and uh, he's got some... Uh, Really intelligent about, about Mesa and my today's significance, Victory Day, May ninth. Yep, and then we'll talk to Senator D'Amato. He's of course got a lot to say. Doctor Mark Siegel, he'll give us the latest information on those mysterious Bahama deaths. Three people died under mysterious circumstances. We'll talk to Rabbi Patasnik, and apparently there was an attack. Judge, you know more about this as well against the uh, Jewish people. Paul Lounces, he'll be talking to us as well about the economy. And then, but first on the line, Bill O'Reilly. He's his uh, latest book, Killing the killers is uh, killing the new york times uh, best-selling list uh what 19 million 20 million books uh sold and counting he's a journalist he's an author history teacher you name it anchor and a host here on wabc radio monday through friday 9 to 10 p.m and i actually just downloaded your book and i am very excited to read it killing the killers welcome to cats at night bill o'reilly well thank you all i want chuck schumer on the program when are you going to get uh, the senator, the senior senator from New York State? Well, he, he has been on this show, and I can get him again. Well, get him. Get him. And, and here's the question I got for him. All right? So, Senator Schumer, with all due respect, do you have any interest in saving any unborn child, fetus, whatever description you want to use? Do you have any interest in doing that? It's open with that. Schumer has become the most militant pro-abortion politician in the country. And that's saying something with Nancy Pelosi in there. Um, Schumer's a Jewish American. Judeo-Christian philosophy, not religion, believes that a creator put life on this earth. Are you all with me so far? Is there anybody who dissents in that? So far, so good. Can't you, you can't dissent, right? So far, so Judeo-Christian good. philosophy. A creator puts life, on, human life, on this earth. It's what every theology starts with. Okay, do you believe that, Senator Schumer? Now, when you ask him that question, he'll dodge into women's rights, reproductive this, uh, you know, all of that. That's where he'll go. He'll never answer the question. 
All I want to know, and I'm a simple man, as simple as it gets, do you have any regard at all? Because if this were a noble country, and it's not any longer, unfortunately, we would all band together, every single American, no matter what your political persuasion is, and we would try to save as many of the unborn as we could. That's what we would do. Everybody would say, forget about the bans, forget about the politics. We're going to try to save as many as we can. We're going to set up adoption agencies. We're going to set up therapeutics. We're going to set up uh, um, government subsidies for people who are too poor to carry. Whatever we're going to do, we're going to try. And then in circumstances like rape and incest and uh, danger to the mother's health, I mean catastrophic danger, not a migraine headache, then we're going to allow the abortion procedure to go forward with under a medical supervision. Let, let me ask a silly question. Uh, uh, how many kids do you think were aborted in the, the in last year? In the United States or yeah. worldwide? Well, United States. I mean, we can't listen. We can't save the world. Me and you decided that. We can, I, let's I, save I, the it, United States. I don't know if it's a million, but it's in the high hundreds of thousands. All right. You have suppose the, you have the stat? suppose we put a suppose we put out a reward instead of aborting your baby, uh, give them a thousand dollars for having it. Well, there's all kinds of incentives uh, in the Catholic Church. All right, to do two thousand. Um, but. I want to know, but I mean, that might be an idea. Let's get back to Schumer. Well, look, Schumer. So he, I can understand what Schumer said last week when Schumer oh, says, awful. "Well, we're, we're going to get rid of inflation by raising taxes." I no, mean, I didn't understand that one. It's Schumer is the worst. He threatened by name Kavanaugh and uh, one other Supreme Court justice. Gorsuch. Gorsuch. In front of the Supreme Court, Bill. Yeah, you're going to pay a price, is what he said. What price? This is what these judges believe. What, what price are you going to make them pay, Schumer? Look, there comes a point where politicians have to be called out. And I'm calling Schumer out because he's inciting violence against the pro-life movement. He's inciting these demonstrations in front of the homes of the Supreme Court justices. That's what he's doing. He's inciting it. And then this is the worst. He's doing it because he fears he's going to be primaried by Ocasio-Cortez. So Schumer, who maybe 10 years ago was more moderate when he wrote that book about the Baileys, because I had him on my program when he did, now he's a progressive left bomb thrower. Is he, no a, is he afraid of the AOCs in the world? Is he afraid yeah, of— Yeah, he doesn't uh, want to primary. He doesn't want to primary. He doesn't want to— her to primary him because anything could happen in in, in that kind of a situation. No, understood. But let's talk about let's talk about uh, the parading all these people in front of the Supreme Court justices' homes, which yeah. is against the law. Yeah, it's against uh, federal why, law USC fifteen oh seven. Is, is, is never what, gonna... what was worse? What was worse? January sixth, and the Washington Post is getting the Pulitzer Prize. Or, 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 or is this just as bad? No, nah, this isn't just as bad. January 6th was horrible because it was a destruction of, of uh, government property that led to the death of that woman who went in there. That, that You can't compare the two because the pro 
choice people haven't destroyed anything, but they have violated the law. And the FBI should have been there and wasn't. And the FBI is based in Quantico, Virginia. So this is another example of law enforcement not enforcing the law. Because what these people did... I, I, I don't know. Then who did the justices call up? If I was a justice... The FBI. Uh, yeah, a, and I it, pick up the phone. Who do I call? Ju- Judge Weinberg, who would you call? Listen, you phone the attorney general who... Uh, is and also short. the U.S. Marshals. Uh, yes. So you phone the, the attorney general said you want to d- dispatch the U.S. Marshals for protection for the, uh, for the homes and the bodies of the, uh, the justices. Look, I'll raise this question to you, Bill. What kind of country are we becoming when you can use physical intimidation against justices of the United States Supreme Court to well, try to change you know, their positions? Well, the kind of country we are, we're coming is an anarchistic country. But U.S. Marshals are charged with protecting the Supreme Court justices. They, they, and, and not only them, but members of Congress. That's what the U.S. Marshals do. They protect. But the FBI is in charge of arresting so where were the FBI? They they didn't show up at all. And, and that's, that's on that's on uh, Merrick Garland. Garland. That's on Merrick that's Garland. On Garland. Absolutely. Garland should have picked up the phone to Ray and said, "Get your guys out there and tell them they'll be arrested if they don't disperse." Yeah, but they were otherwise busy. They were going to school board meetings. Well, yeah, the school board meetings and white supremacists. Don't you understand that's the focus? Yeah, but we're all being sarcastic here <laughs> yes. now, but I'm trying to make a really serious point. That you can't run a republic this way. You've already seen the thousands and thousands of people murdered in the streets of of America because district attorneys like Alvin Bragg won't enforce the law. 8,000 African-Americans last year were murdered in the streets. 8,000. Okay? And you could cut that down to 2,000. If you would enforce the laws and knock out this insane uh, no bail stuff. But nobody reports that. And it, it, to me, we're, we're just slouching and slouching and slouching into anarchy. And these pro-abortion people, and that's what they are. It's not a matter of pro-choice anymore. These people want abortion. Yep. They like it. They think somehow it's tied in with empowering women, that you empower women at the uh, expense of a human life. And then don't give me this gobbledygook about cells and all of this stuff, because the science now says a fetal heartbeat can be detected at six weeks. If there is a fetal heartbeat, that is a human any scientist will tell you that. So don't give me that. And where is humor? Is it just cells, Chuck? I mean, what do you think it is? What is it in there when somebody, a woman gets pregnant? What is it exactly, Chuck? Why don't you tell me, you coward? Hey, Bill, you know, there's the added factor here is these groups call for storming of Catholic churches. I didn't hear a word out of Joe Biden who walks around with grocery beans all God, the time. Congressman, only one incident. I'm tracking you closely. In the old St. Patrick's Cathedral, there was some nut, only one. Yeah, but I'm saying, Bill, as he was called for. And as soon yes. as he was called for, it should have been denounced, and it wasn't. I was ready. I was at St. Mary's Mass yesterday. I was ready. But in my neighborhood on Long Island, that's not happening. But if I saw it, I would take action, physical action. I would drag the person out of there. 
I'm 6'4", 210. Don't mess with me. You're, you're a big guy. I, I, we know that. Uh, what other subjects do you want to talk about? I mean, look, we all agree uh, that on, on, on abortion. And uh, I think, look, I said 1,000, 2,000, maybe 5,000. Who would abort a, abort a child if there's a $5,000 reward uh, if you have it? What's incredible Look, to me I, I is... I don't object to any of that. I want, I want people to know that there is that in place. I support the Sisters of Life. Uh, they're in New York City. They do this already. But I, I want to try to convince the pro-choice crew that the noble thing to do is, yes, we're not trying we the people who really care about this country. We don't want to ban abortion. That's not what this is about. We all should band together to save as many of the unborn as possible. Is that an unreasonable position? No, it's not unreasonable, but uh, uh, let's do it in such a way where everybody agrees. And uh, if, you, if everybody sits down around the table, we can never, you know, me and you can make everybody agree. Yeah, but I don't think I don't even think so, John. It's so tied in with this emotional women empowerment movement now. There's always a few nutshells. Ever, ever gonna, ever gonna get away from it? I, I just don't think, I think so. I think it's so embedded in the Democratic Party right now; it'd be almost impossible. No, but they, hate, they hate the Democratic Party right now. Hates religion. Yeah, and every every Hispanic yeah. person, every black person that respects religion hates the Democratic Party. They hate but you're it. absolutely right on that. Where's the Black Lives Matter when the majority of unborn children killed are are minorities? Where's Black Lives Matter? And who was the founder of Planned Parenthood? She was a eugenist. Of that million people that are aborted and die, how many of them are black and brown? It's far beyond their percentage. I know that. Exactly. It's over 50%. Like they in make New up York, 6% more, of the population. More, more black kids are aborted than are born every year. They make up 6% of the population and over 30% of the abortions. And I think, uh, you know, you know the, the system has to be fixed and there's got to be some common sense uh, applied to it. Well, look, you're right, John. This stems for uh, this progressive, because the progressive have taken over the Democratic Party. And believe me, in, in November, the Democratic Party is going to be sorry. But part of the progressive secular movement is to wipe out as much faith-based stuff as possible, which is why you see a football coach who who actually says a prayer after the game doesn't compel anybody to pray with him dragged into court in Washington State. Uh, I mean, it's just this is what they want. And if you look at the history of Marxism – which the secular progressive movement in America is not far from Marxism. It's close. That's the first thing they go after is religion, organized religion. So John is absolutely correct. That's where it stems from. But you can put these people on notice like like Senator Schumer and, and just have him define his belief system. That's all I want from Chuck. Just tell me what you believe about the unborn. Do they have any rights at all? Is there no limit? Because... New York State has the worst abortion law in the country as far as you can kill an unborn child up until birth here. Bill O'Reilly Europe, Europe have doesn't birth. have that. What, what are you going to be talking about at 9 o'clock today? Bill O'Reilly's on at between 9 o'clock and 10 o'clock, the number one show on WABC at night, uh, and uh, WABC 770, and worldwide on WABCradio.com, and... BillOReilly.com. Bill, what are you going to talk, talk about tonight? 
I'm trying to calm everybody down economically. So another meltdown today in the stock market, 638 points off the Dow. So my question is, what, are you guys surprised when you have a president of the United States who doesn't know what he's doing and literally doesn't know what he's doing? And Bitcoin is uh, on the way to oblivion. Well, I knew that. But, but people are getting hurt, working people, because they save their money, 401Ks, college funds, retirement funds. And I'm telling everybody on Common Sense tonight on WABC, don't panic. You may have to sit on the loss, paper loss, for a few months, maybe longer. But if you sell now, it's gone. And this is what they specialize in in Washington, making people panic. Well, it's bad. I mean, every day that Joe Biden is president, it seems to get worse. And I don't – he's going to talk about inflation tomorrow, Biden. I'm going to listen with an open mind, but I don't see any solutions coming out of this White House at all. Bill O'Reilly, I'll be listening tonight between 9 and 10. Thank you so much. Thanks, guys. Bye. Good night. Uh, and now uh, we have a good friend of mine. We and- have uh, Ty McCoy. He's a former U.S. Assistant Secretary of the Air Force from 1981 <laughs> to 89, graduated from West Point, and uh, he's just a really smart guy. Uh, welcome, Assistant Secretary McCoy. Well, thank you very much. Good to join you and, and Katz and your team uh, this afternoon. Tell us, uh, today uh, Putin had a big ceremony in Moscow. It's May 9th today. Tell us the significance of May 9th. May 9th is Victory Day in Russia over the Germans and Hitler in World War II, whereas the USA and the others celebrate May 8th as Victory in Europe Day because there were two surrenders, one in France by to the Western Allies, and Stalin insisted on a, another surrender that was held in Berlin on May 9th. So he could have more control and look like he had really beaten the Germans on on their territory. So it's a a strange, uh, slight uh, difference there. Uh, As far as the parade day, uh, Katz, it kind of showed a a 1990s military that was all shined up with less arms and no airplanes, supposedly due to weather. A lot of old generals and veterans cheering and could not disguise really the lack of success in Ukraine, which has occurred due to poor command and control and logistics and a mistaken view of Ukrainian spirit and Western cohesion and a realization that the Chinese are not coming to his rescue due to world opinion, COVID, trade, and a number of other things. So I think uh, there's a uh, – he certainly was more subdued today, and that could be interpreted as as a ruse, uh, but I interpret it more as someone trying to – get in a position to to buy time and to see if his military can make more progress or if the West will fracture in their support. Secretary, this is uh, former Congressman Pete King. It's always good to talk with you. I was going to ask you, what kind of a timeline do you see? Where is this leading? Uh, Is is there an end in sight or is it going to be a long, drawn-out slog? I think it's going to be a a slog for a while to see uh, what is is, uh, the continued – ability of the West to provide uh, the larger equipment and get it in there uh, for battles that are not urban, but battles on the wide open plains of the Ukraine. And also see if world opinion will get so tired of the slaughter that they will sort of try to push the West to make a better deal while he's also eyeballing the Chinese because he's mortgaged his uh, power uh, in many ways to support from the Chinese that may not be forthcoming. So I think that there's going to be a while uh, that there's going to be continued And how about his threat fighting. of nuclear weapons? Uh, you know, that's one of the few things that he uh, knows that he can use 
that we don't have a defense of, a pure defense. In other words, we can't shoot down the nuclear weapons, really. Uh, we can uh, prevent him from doing things in space and cyber and land and Navy and air uh, and and the sea. But he, uh, he may uh, choose to go that direction. I think he probably will not, although he has some of his cronies and, and spokesmen in the media talking about it. I think he realizes that that would uh, uh, spook the Russian people so much that his uh, propaganda to them would would not ring true. So I believe that it, it is a threat. We have to take it seriously. He is on medications. He may be sick. Some of the medications may be causing some delusional activity in his mind. And uh, so we want to make sure he has a, a way out. I hate to say it, but when it's like when Kennedy was dealing with Khrushchev, in the Cuban Missile Crisis, uh, you you corner a rat, but a rat with with nuclear weapons, and you you want to make sure that there is a a way to uh, retreat uh, with some amount of uh, credibility, uh, and then let his own people take care of him. Hi. Yes. Uh, some of the some people have been saying that uh, uh, that. Uh, the Washington administration wants to weaken Russia, and they're going to keep going. Are they trying to go a little bit overboard on this uh, to create the wag the dog scenario? Well, there's been a lot of commentary on that, and I think uh, some people uh, have written and talked about how we need to uh, depose the en- entire state apparatus in Russia. We need to break Russia up into smaller uh, groups of people. There are many, many minorities in Russia, as we know. I think there's 150 official languages. And so anybody that, that thinks that way and talks about it, particularly in that huge expanse of the world with 11 or 12 time zones and nuclear weapons, uh, would not be uh, taking the right direction. Because at that point in time, the uh, we'd be fighting and the, the, the West would be kind of going in and fighting on Russian soil and Russian uh, type of culture, the same way the Russians are now attacking the Ukrainian country and culture. So I think, you know, if we try to go overboard, uh, then uh, we're, in, we're in some real danger of, of seeing, you know, the, the Doing nuclear weapons. Stupid. Uh, yeah. Well, Congressman yeah. King, you were on the Intelligence Committee and all those committees, Homeland Security. Uh, to, how do you feel about the question I asked? Are we trying, you know— the popularity of a United States president gets higher if in a time of war. Do you think it has anything to do with it? I think they would try to maximize the popularity for him. But I, I think overall, it's at the beginning, Biden didn't want a war. He was, he was trying to get uh, 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 Zelensky to uh, basically call it off and work out a quick deal. No, I, 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 you're talking about lives. You're talking about thousands of hundreds of thousands of lives potentially. And I would hope the president isn't doing that. I, and I think his generals and those around him do want to obviously weaken Russia because that helps us, but also do it in a way that uh, does not lead to a world war. And there was an absence of missiles uh, at the uh, parade that Putin had. There was an absence of uh, right. what else? Uh, uh, artillery, aircraft. Artillery, well, aircraft. Uh, did, was that any significance? I, I think that his uh, his uh, mood and his presentation and his. Uh, and the, the nature of the parade and the, and the lack of some of these weapons was an effort to uh, appear that he is the victim, that he is a he is not belligerent. He is a reasonable man. And uh, he's now using the term that Russia is being attacked by Ukraine and that he is on the defense. 
and that previously he was saying that he was on the offense in Ukraine to recover lost historic Russian lands. So I think that he's uh, part of it is is uh, information warfare to look like a he is not the belligerent, he is not the the bad guy, and part of it is is true in the sense that he feels that his uh, his uh, operation has been met with such lack of success that he may beginning be beginning to feel like he he actually is on the defense. So I think we have to be careful again not to uh, uh, be uh, running a victory lap when when he's still sitting there. Well, there's still know, a lot to, uh, to find out. Then Ty McCoy, uh, former Assistant Secretary of the Air Force, thank you so much for keeping on top of things for uh, our show, and and we'll talk to you again real soon. You bet. Thanks very thank much you, for sir. joining me today. All right, sir. Goodbye. And I understand we've got Rabbi Protashnik waiting on the line. And yes. Should we let's say? Oh, they want to. They had. You want to take a break? They, they're telling us we have to break. Okay, let's take a break and keep Protashnik waiting on the line. Sorry, oh. sorry, Rabbi. A common sense recap of the day's biggest stories. It's John Katzimatidis and Cats at Night on seventy-seven WABC. Welcome back to the number one show across the, the nation, maybe even the world. Cats at Night, the John Matiti show on the line for us right now is Rabbi Potasnik. Rabbi, you've got some interesting news that comes out of Brooklyn. Tell us all about it. Yeah, first of all, we're the number one show on Sundays. We allow John <laughs> to have the number one rating the rest of the week. Secondly, I'm organizing the King for President uh, campaign 2024. <laughs> By the way, that's King for President of the Knights of Columbus. I don't want you to assume anything more than that. Yeah. So anyway, thank uh, you, Rabbi. Serious note. Yeah. <laughs> on a much more serious note, yeah. uh, Temple, uh, the, the Great Neck Synagogue, rather, the Great Neck Synagogue, uh, has Rabbi Dale Polikoff, who's a great admirer of Peter King, and has a rabbinic intern. Rabbinic intern comes from Crown Heights to spend Shabbat uh, at the synagogue. Prior to Shabbat, he gets attacked in Crown Heights, victim of another hate crime. Uh, and we've seen this repeatedly. And I, and I have to say, wow. I'm tired of the excusiology. I am really tired, as I'm sure you are, of hearing COVID as a factor. Uh, you and I, we all grew up during some challenging times, yep. times of illness, times of tragedy. We didn't go out and attack people because we deemed them to be different. Uh, so I think we have to stop looking at everyone else uh, for excuses and start looking within. And one of the things we have to do. What, to what happened? The they beat up. They beat up the. Uh... Yeah, yeah. They beat up the rabbi. Yeah. The rabbi or the, or the intern? Yeah. The intern. Right. The intern. Okay. Who's a rabbinic intern? Right. And it's it's just you know I I just don't want to hear it's the music it's social media yeah they contribute <clears throat> hate crime but, attacks are up all over New York and not just in the Jewish community the Asian community too social media right and we had hate attacks against Jews and others before you know uh, we had all these social media platforms uh, so there's something else going on here probably uh, I'm and, not being at all sarcastic but again if you listen to the president the attorney general somehow this is all because of white supremacy. Right, and that MAGA is the, what is it, the most extreme political organization we have in our our history. Well, you know, if you look at the perpetrators, many of them are young people who are not connected with any political movement. They're not connected with any particular philosophy. Uh, So what's the excuse there? Uh, I I think we have to look within what's happening within the family unit. You know, we grew up in families where my father used to say, I'm not going to leave you a lot of valuables, but I'm going to leave you some values. Uh, what is being taught at the home? Uh, because very often what kids see is what they do. Uh, 
Uh, Rabbi, we also have Senator D'Amato on the phone with us. Put Senator D'Amato on and let him listen to this uh, with Rabbi Protashnik telling about the the, 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 The attack on the the rabbinical rabbinical, uh, intern. intern. Student, yeah. Senator, welcome. Yes. Welcome. Rabbi, uh, uh, we have Rabbi Protashnik telling us about the attack on the uh, Jewish intern in. it was uh, Queens or Nassau Crown County. Crown Heights. Heights. Crown, Heights. Heights. Crown Heights. He never he never made it to Gr- to Great Neck. He was attacked in Crown Heights. He was on the way to Great Neck to serve the congregation there. And look, besides uh, stop finding excuses, is we have to have consequences. Judge Weinberg would never accept someone saying in front of him, "I attacked the Jew or the person who I saw as being different because of COVID." That's unacceptable. There have to be some serious consequences to crimes committed. You know, we have a saying that when you're compassionate to the cruel, you're cruel to the compassionate. And we need to have much more severe punishment for the perpetrators and have compassion for the victims. Rabbi, uh, a good mutual friend of both of ours, the federal judge I clerked for, Judge Henry Bramwell, used to say to me Mm -hmm. as follows, it's nice to be nice, but who pays the price? And that's the point. Civilization is now paying the price. Well, Senator Tomato, you were uh, around during Crown Heights and other demonstrations. what are your thoughts on this? How do we stop these type uh, of attacks? Well, let me say this. There must be consequences, as the rabbi has said, for these attacks. And you can't have these ultra-liberal district attorneys like the guy in Manhattan uh, and prosecutors who fail to prosecute. And then judges, when there's a conviction, um, uh, gives out uh, no, no time at all. Uh, basically uh, uh, lets them walk free and and continue to this onslaught on America. Mm. And that is what has taken place uh, over the last several years to a degree I've never seen in New York. Um, And Mm. if you wonder why the repeated attacks, when when you see people who have done these six, eight, 10, 12 times and and just released, with no bail, uh, with, with no consequences. What do you think is taking place? You're sending a message. Go out. Mm-hmm. There's no punishment. You have nothing to fear. Senator D'Amato. And- that's what this state in particular faces. And this nation and our leaders are afraid. They're afraid to mm-hmm. take on. If you're a Democrat or left wing of the party, I'll have a primary. They won't support me. This is the kind of nonsense. They put petty partisan politics before serving the interest of the public. And Senator D'Amato and Rabbi Potasnik, there was such an example. That guy that smeared the feces all over the woman in the Bronx, mm-hmm. he was actually also arrested for attacking a Jewish man in Brooklyn. And he's been now... Out free. So those are two yeah. vicious attacks, one on a Jewish person, yeah. another on a Hispanic woman, yeah, but, and, and he's look, walking around free. Me, the one who hates me today is going to hate you tomorrow. Hatred is not some neatly compartmentalized uh, phenomenon. Let me say this, and I think all of us recognize years ago growing up, remember when our parents uh, looked at report cards? What was the first thing they looked at? Conduct. Conduct. Before they looked at any subject, you better have conducted yourself in a very respectful fashion in a classroom. Otherwise, there was hell to pay for it. And I just think, as Senator D'Amato said, and you have said it as well, John and everyone else on the panel, today it's do as you want without fear of consequence. And we are paying the price. The victim pays the price for it. Well, well that's, you know, 
That's, That's the problem uh, that we face today. And and I'd like to see more action than the rhetoric. Right now, the mayor's rhetoric is pretty good, but I want to see some follow-up. Well, I, 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 I think the, he's, the mayor is the prisoner of New York State Assembly in the New York State Senate. And, and Alphonse, Senator D'Amato, one of our best U.S. senators. Come on, John. John, hold on. I hear what you're saying. I don't disagree. But he should take them on. I'm standing side-by-side with him, and you're standing side-by-side with him, and and he should take them on, and I'm ready to take them on. Yeah, he he should. He should take them on right now. Can you imagine, Senator, if Ed Koch were mayor and this were going on, he would go to the neighborhoods of the majority leader of the Senate. Go to their neighborhoods and say, look at what the leaders are doing to these communities. Rabbi, can I jump in there and just ask both of you, what do you think of the movement to take Ed Koch's name off off the 59th Street Bridge or the Ed Koch Bridge? It's a disgrace. He was a a great – first of all, I don't understand why the New York Times thinks this is front-page material. I mean, it it must be a pretty sad news day when you have to have Ed Koch – these allegations, unproven allegations. Who cares? Who cares? Look at look at the characterization and the character assassination that the Times just did the past several days on Ed Koch. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, this business about whether or not he may have been gay. Give me a break. So what? I mean, cut no, it the, out. The, he I, I heard. There. I heard he that some a- of the gays are after Ed Koch because he wasn't gay enough. Right, and that they say because of his possible sexuality, he mistreated the gay population during the AIDS crisis. He, he didn't fight hard enough for AIDS. To that take was his name off the bridge, out. he saved New York many, when he came in, in the 70s. And he many of the, the people who many people criticizing now commended him mm-hmm. years ago. I mean, such well, a hypocrisy. Let me just mention this about Senator D'Amato. New York, and he put, believe it or not, <clears throat> partisan politics aside. I know. Because when I was elected, I I came to his office. We worked together. It wasn't, oh, no, you're a Republican. Oh, no. And I tell you, politics was secondary uh, when it it came to doing what was right for the city. We needed more people like Ed Koch. Listen, when I had my toughest race, Ed Koch did a phenomenal TV commercial for me. Puts aside party lines. I think he endorsed Bush for president, didn't he? Second did, actually, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Senator D'Amato, way, we, we got a, a, about a few minutes from the next break. Tell us what else you uh, are you mad as hell about. <clears throat> where's, where's that thing? Well, mad I'll as hell you what I'm, can't take I'm it anymore. I'm mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> the leaking of the Roe v. Wade memorandum from the Supreme Court, that was done by some partisan jackass who wanted to help the Democrats, and they hopped on it right away. Because otherwise, people would look at the issues, the issues that are killing us, the prices at the border, which the media never really talks about, one TV station, and that's it. The crisis with inflation, and it's just going to get worse. Uh, The horrendous energy policies this country has entered into. Uh, The mishandling of foreign affairs uh, by this administration. they, they, so they scream and yell about this. Well, let me tell you something. If that memo were to be adopted, it wouldn't change the situation in New York, in New Jersey, in Connecticut, because the laws on abortion 
uh, would stay the way they are. In states like Massachusetts and Connecticut, the laws wouldn't be changed. What the law says is that the local state, this is what the memo suggests, the states will make the determination. Okay? There's there's nothing changing except for the states making the determination. That's exactly right. right. That's exactly right. That's right. And and so what they're doing is trying to say, oh, they're gonna they're gonna stop it. It won't be taken away. We're going to give more money in New York so so that people can come here. We put fifty million dollars more. Sure, just keep spending more money because of the illegal immigration and 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 the hundreds of thousands of people who are coming in monthly now. The number of abandoned kids who are being sent we got a minute left. The control booth is going nuts. I can see them uh, chopping up and down. down They're banging on the window here, And banging on the windows. we got a minute left. What what else would you guys want to say, Uh, 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 Senator? Well, I I think I I had a pretty good say at it, but I just will say this (laughs) to you, that don't believe this nonsense that Roe v. Wade is going to change one iota anything as it relates to that issue in New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania. It won't change. It won't change anything. California. It doesn't change anything. Rabbi Rabbi Potashnik, one last uh, 10 seconds. Let me just say this about why you have Senator Amato. He was a very close friend to uh, Rabbi Friedman, who was out in North Woodmere. Rabbi Friedman, Morris Friedman, Morris. Morris Friedman's son became the ambassador uh, to uh, Israel. And I, I just think the senator is, was a great friend and is a great and, friend. And, 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 and Senator D'Amato just sent uh, to uh, Ambassador George Chunas to Timbuktu, and we won't see him for a while. <laughs> have, a great e- have a great evening, and uh, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we Thank have so uh, Paul Lunzis is going to give us an analysis. What the heck is going on in the markets is... And uh, could this be the end of Bitcoin? Who knows? I mean, Mm. and also uh, uh, Dr. Mark Siegel on. He's going to give us the latest on that investigation in the Bahamas. Those three people that died. Those people died. I wonder why. Let's take that break. And with us now is Paul Luntzis, an investment advisor that has a lot of common sense, and I can attest to that. Uh, Paul Luntzis, uh, uh, t- tell us, what the heck is going on in the markets? I think, John, people are starting. Risk is getting repriced in the market, and the Fed really in a difficult position. They kept the Fed funds rate at zero from December of 08 through 2015, um, and now rates are starting to rise precipitously to fight inflation, which has gotten a little out of control. And as a result, as I said, stocks and all kinds of assets are being repriced. Risk is being repriced. And those low rates, John, and easy money created enormous problems, a misallocation of resources, low returns for investors in fixed income Individual investors, the elderly and others, couldn't make any money on treasuries or CDs or bonds, and, and, and institutions couldn't either for their pension plans and so forth. So what everyone has done, or many have done, is they've gone out the risk curve. They've gone into SPACs and IPOs and growth stocks and technology, stocks that aren't making money with no cash flows 
shows, uh, no earnings and meme stocks and so forth. And all that now is starting to get cleaned out because higher interest rates are changing the game. Wow. And he's uh, going up and down. You know, one of our favorite uh, Congress people, Democratic Congress people called me this morning and uh, said to me uh, about what, what, what the heck is going on. And I said, uh, I got to tell you the truth. If if Washington, if if President Biden opened up North America to oil markets, then the price of oil will be down to fifty five dollars again, and there'll be no inflation. The other choice is, the, Jay Powell will raise the interest rates and destroy the real estate market. Uh, and I said, "What say you in that matter?" And uh, realized I was saying the truth. And. Um, but it is the truth, John. Not only energy, but also food costs, and those two are two huge drivers that are adversely impacting the middle class and lower class the most. And the other issue, in addition to what those low rates have done that I raised earlier, people going out the risk curve because they can't generate returns. The equity markets in America are $45 trillion. They were $14 trillion 10 years ago, so they've tripled. The housing prices in America after the Great Recession of 08-09 have more than doubled, and that's also in the $44, $45 trillion range. So you've really created bubbles um, in some of these areas, and um, you know some of it's going to start coming down, and that's what's happening. Paul, it's, uh, it's Richard Weinberg. I want to tell you, I'm just a, a humble uh, employee making a living. And I find out that my garage where I park my car has now been increased $125 a month on top of what I was paying. How much were you paying before, Judge? I was paying $630 a month to now garage. Now paying $755. $755. So then I send my – What's the my, price of Oreo cookies? I've been – Commandeering Oreo cookies. I bought a warehouse. They're full of Oreo cookies. At your advice, John. You pay but, more for a parking spot than a lot of Americans pay for their yeah, rents that's right. for their homes. And, and Paul, I used to have my suits dry cleaned. It was twenty twenty one dollars. It's now thirty dollars. I'm starting to sound like Senator D'Amato talking about his ham sandwich. And how much to fill your car? You said before seventy seven seventy eight dollars to fill up the, my tank of my my car. How does an average person, as a working stiff, how do they get by on this? Uh, you know, you know, Judge. That those are all great points. Our daughter, who lives in Charlotte, um, her rent was increased twenty twenty five percent, and it's happening all over the country. And you know, these asset values continue to rise. There's been too much money out there. But finally, with regard to the stock market, quality is starting to matter. Balance sheets are starting to matter. Valuation matters. You can be a great company and and, and not ever be a very good stock. Earnings are starting to matter. Cash flows are starting to matter. So, you know, we were in an environment of FOMO where fear of missing out or Tina, there is no alternative. Things are changing. And it's as Buffett says, it's be greedy when others are fearful, be fearful when others are greedy. And that's really what you need to do now. Really be careful, really be patient, focus on what's knowable and important. And, you know, you don't always have to act. In fact, acting uh, as little as possible is often what most of the best investors do. Well, uh, Paul Lunces, thank you so much for calling in. And uh, that's wise common sense advice. And uh, I hope you used to give uh, Warren Buffett that same advice. And uh, God bless you. And we'll catch up again real soon. Thank you, John. Take care. Uh, let's take the break, and when we come back, we're going to come back with Dr. Mark Siegel, 
these people dying in the Bahamas. Why? I mean, we go to hotels in the Bahamas all the time. I want to know why these people died. Let's take that break. It's a common sense recap of the big stories. It's Cats at Night on 77 WABC. Welcome back to the number one show, the radio show in the country, Cats at Night. John Katzmatidi show on the line with us right now, Dr. Mark Siegel. Dr. Mark Siegel, everybody knows who Dr. Mark Siegel is. He's also a professor of medicine at NYU Langone Medical Center, author and contributor to Fox News, and of course here to WABC Radio. Dr. Siegel, what the heck is going on with those three people that died in the Bahamas on a Sandals vacation? I I heard that there was uh, signs of convulsion by the way, Lydia, I have to say before I answer that, what a great pleasure it was to be on with you solo the other day. Unbelievable. Without, with, without you know, this uh, great people that you're on with right now, you're really tremendous. In terms of what's happening down in the Bahamas, I guess it goes to show that no matter how many stars you have on your resort, that something could go wrong. And we don't know yet. We don't know. Putting it all together, there's nausea, there's vomiting, there's convulsions. There's this couple that was went to a medical clinic and then was sent out. Out, which was a really uh, that's a really bad move and and here's where the what the leading ideas are first of all an autopsy is going to be uh results will be in probably later today or soon and so we'll we'll have the answer to this but i'll tell you what's on my mind they've been they've been looking at the air conditioner unit they're looking at the water heater they're looking at the propane gas unit first of all from what we're hearing i find it hard to believe that anything that smelled was involved like propane because that smells like rotten eggs i don't think it's that it could be carbon monoxide leaks especially if they're in adjoining villas that's a possibility that's on the table but the woman that said that she was she couldn't move you know that her legs couldn't move that was third party and we don't know how accurate that is but that makes me think of a neurotoxin carbon monoxide could make you quite weak by the way uh a neurotoxin could be like fish poisoning but those even though they're very common down there from reef fish from algae those cigarette toxins don't usually kill anybody so very very unusual the other thing i would look could, at is the mini bar bad, John, John, bad John's about to t- John's about to tell me. See, he did. John's about to say, and he did say, and I interrupted him. What about alcohol? What about that mini bar? Because those mini bars are not under the jurisdiction of the big resort there, and who knows what's in there? There's methanol. I would think that that's a possibility too. That's really got to be looked at. I, I was telling um, everybody upstairs when we were doing our pre-show meeting, my husband and I, we went to Dominican Republic a few years ago, one of those all-inclusive, very high-end resort. We took one sip of the alcohol. It was supposed to be top-shelf alcohol, and it was disgusting. We were like, if we take, if we drink this, we're, we're going to be sick. And then shortly thereafter, we heard about some kind of alcohol poisonings at different resorts, and because that's their way of making money is that they, uh, you know, water down the liquor with other additives. They put jet fuel in it. Mm, jet fuel, yeah, yeah. Jet fuel or methanol, or, you know, or or something that that has a pesticide. I mean, th- th- that's a really, you know, antifreeze, all of that, really bad, and can cause some of these symptoms. Feeling paralyzed. Uh, we've seen that in the Bahamas. We've seen that, and you know, I was asked. How good is the medical care in the Bahamas? Well, it's as good as your as your medevac to Miami is. Let's put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> so now, Doctor Siegel, tell us about there was a hepatitis outbreak among children. Well, that's really interesting. That's uh, something I've been tracking, and that's really severe. Fourteen percent of the the kids in the United States who have had this old. Hundred kids in the U.S. have had had to have a liver transplant. There's been five deaths, um, and and around the 
the world. There's about over 400 cases now, probably. Uh, There's an adenovirus that seems to be connected to this. That virus affects young children, but it usually doesn't cause liver problems. It might have mutated, but a theory that I've been looking at closely, and I'm not alone, is what about the fact that these kids were shut down in the first few years of life? Normally, they're out playing in the dirt. Right, John? Instead, they're locked down, their school is closed, and maybe these, they didn't see the viruses they're used to seeing, so their immune system became a little haywire. That could be it, too. we got to look into that. I don't think the vaccine, the COVID vaccine, is anywhere near this because these kids are too young. Could it be a post-COVID syndrome? That's possible. But again, we're seeing this adenovirus. This is another puzzle, but we're going to get the answer on this because they're testing the, the, the children who's, who gave up livers. They're testing those livers. Dr. Siegel, this is Pete King. Always great to talk to you. Where are we on COVID? What do you see happening? I don't like the mixed messaging, Pete, as usual. That White House Correspondence Dinner, by the way, I found out that I was invited, but it luckily went to my junk pile, so I didn't see it, so I didn't get COVID there with the super spreader event where the where you know the administration is there huddling close together, no ventilation, and then they come out later and say, oh, by the way, we're going to get a big outbreak in the fall. Well, you know, it's it's say say one thing and do another. That 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 kind of leadership, as we know, Pete, we don't need, and we never got from you. By the way, I think the biggest thing here is that if you had COVID recently, and you were boosted, that that combination gives you a lot of protection against this new, new variant, and, and you're and not going to get very I think sick. We, we all have to be just a little bit careful. Yes. We have to be careful, but that means getting a booster. And that I know John hates that, but that and that means by the way, where's Pfizer and Moderna with their updated boosters that cover Omicron? That cover everything. And, they don't have and, and we also have Paxlovid. I, I I love that drug. I'm using it a lot. So look, if somebody gets sick that I think is at high risk, I'm putting them right on Paxlovid. It's a great drug, and that's keeping them out of the hospital. We so got nobody a, wants a minute this left. Thing, but- Dr. Siegel, thank you for coming on. This Father's Day is coming soon. Father's Day. Yeah, what do you give me for Father's Day? John, you're a great father, by the way. That's hey, hey, what doctor, I'm going to give you. you. I, I got both booster great... shots because you told me to. You told me I was old and overweight, and I got the booster shots. And as you were chugging, what, with some sun kiss before and Rice Krispie treats, I'm going to tell, <laughs> tell your wife. Yes. <laughs> well, Father's Day, Father's Day. Day. Father's got a new, Day. a new surprise gift. Oh, who's going to give him a surprise? There's a new surprise gift on Father's Day. There's these new underwear. <laughs> Tell them about the underwear. I'm not. They they stifle your farts. How about that? How about it? That's a great way to go. It's a great way to end. I want to thank uh, Dr. Siegel Dr. for Siegel's. being on, and uh, someday he'll tell us what the farts come from <laughs> and uh, the analysis of a fart. Uh, and uh, Judge Richard Weinberg, thank you so much. <laughs> Judge just disassociated himself from those remarks. Thank you. COVID, liver transplants, so and farts. You're going to get it all and, here and, at Cats uh, at Night. And uh, Truth, Cats Justice, and the God American bless way. New York. God bless America, and God bless our doctors. Thank you, Dr. Oxygen.